All right, Jack, I'm proposing that we do a breach of the week. We have not done one in a little while. Breach of the week. We get some goodies to pick from. Sweet. But the one I think we go after today is different and interesting. The title of the article I am looking at right now is from PC Magazine. U.S. claims a heart doctor has been busy creating ransomware. Moises Luis Zagala Gonzalez, a cardiologist Mm. in Venezuela, is allegedly the creator behind Jigsaw version 2 and Thanos ransomware strains, according to the U.S. He's the heart of the problem. (laughs) Boom. You could also say he's the Kevorkian of ransomware. Yes, yes. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. I actually read about it. Uh, after you first mentioned it, in Medical Economics, really nice write-up by an author named Todd Shryock, which I thought was really well done. Clearly, I don't think this is Medical Economics' backyard necessarily, but really well written. I found it very, very interesting. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. I think one of the things I'm finding most interesting about this is that uh, the good Dr. Gonzalez, he taught himself how to program. I think maybe this is one of the reasons it's a great thing to talk about today, is I think a lot of people think that you know, creating ransomware and what have you is like this bespoke op- occupation by folks in three-letter agencies and in nation states. This dude is like a full-time heart doctor. He's like ripping people's chests open eight hours a day. And he had time to go home, right? Open up Coursera, take a course in whatever. And now he not only wrote the package, but he sold it to others. I wonder if he believed he had to have a certification in something in order to create this. <laughs> Probably had his own lab. Oh, probably did. (laughs) Anyway, this is so interesting to me. In his free time, he's created not only just like a happenstance ransomware, he created a whole program with a licensing model, with a user interface that created a better user experience for other ransomware distribution agents so that they could better, more effectively, more precisely deliver their payload Right on. They could customize his software. He created basically a mechanism through which they could have an SDK to build their own ransomware. He participated on the back end at a percentage of the revenues they were making. And as he mentioned to one of the confidential informers for the FBI, by the way, good job, FBI, getting your hands around his neck. He personally had a maximum of between 10 and 20 affiliates at any given time that he was charging between $500 and $800 a month. So that means this guy was making somewhere between $5,000 $5,000 and $16,000 a month for the ransom he wrote in his free time. Interesting. What about this idea? I speculate he was making more money as a ransomware platform operator than he was as a cardiac doctor. And he didn't have to get his hands dirty. But, oh. I'll tell you one thing that's interesting. So the, the second version that Justin was talking about that he wrote, the one that was able to be like an SDK, it actually got pretty well used um, all over the place. And it was actually getting used by attackers who had already breached through other mechanisms into large organizations because it did a great job of wandering around hurting people. Um, And in fact, he was posting content that showed that it was being used by Iran to attack Israel. So this doctor, talk about nation state sponsored when Iran is licensing software from a Venezuelan heart surgeon. That's a very unusual dynamic in, in an economy. Yeah. At least 38 copies of Thanos, that's the name of his software, boasts about, yeah, the Iranian state-sponsored hacking. That is, um, that's a little bit of a twist, yeah. right? Like I've always viewed 
any nation state actor, someone who creates and develops their own tooling, right? It's unique. The TTPs and ways to identify it are hard because it's tough to inventory. and One-time use sometimes too. Yeah. Some of these are being developed on the fly for a specific case. But here's someone who's created this thing as a service. What's interesting about it to me is where my mind immediately goes is like, let's flip that over. He has all the established TTPs and IOCs of his tool. He could turn around and just sell it to like the endpoint providers too. They say, hey, you want to identify some of this stuff? I'll charge you $5,000 or $10,000 a month. Two-sided marketplace. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, you're selling selling the virus and the cure. Right. (laughs) Ouch. Maybe that was the next thing to come. (laughs) I like the fact that in the course of this, he, he was advertising a new tool online, in quotes, private ransomware builder. Put that on your Christmas list. <laughs> You're looking for a private ransomware. Yeah. And he had an affiliate program, received payments in regular money and cryptocurrency. So he really had quite a marketplace set up. Yeah. It's interesting. Made multiple trips to the U.S. And if convicted, guess how many years he faces in prison? 20. No. Five. Five. Five years for running a criminal enterprise that was paying him tens of thousands of dollars a month from multiple nefarious industries that were hurting people. Yep. I thought there were some folks charged with RICO acts, Al Capone in France, et cetera, who like basically died in prison, right? Because they're basically creating that same style of business. If you don't pay us, we will hurt you. It feels like a protection scheme and extortion. How can it be five years, Max? Yeah. One, two, three, four, five. You know, dude, we talked about it in the previous, in the uh, cry of a cryptocurrency. The fact that one of the problems with us ever fixing these problems is that people just don't take the problem seriously. Like, yeah. We were talking about um, all the stolen cryptocurrencies and the fact you, oh, don't worry, we'll just make more, right? Yeah. How can you give someone five years with this scale of an operation? He was making, you know, enough money with enough of his own time. He had help calls. He got great reviews. A great um, customer service. Exactly. And we have been working, this is one reviewer, we have been working with this product for over a month now. We have good profit. Best support I've met. Good profit. Good profit. Which means that that operator is doing some damage to a business somewhere in the world. Or many. Yeah. In order to make up for the cost, he'd have to be or she'd have to be. Right? And so how do you charge the foundation of a criminal enterprise of this scale? Countries are using to attack other countries. Five years. You know, we haven't talked a lot about jurisprudence. Right. We haven't talked a lot about the penalties associated with a lot of these crimes. Maybe it's time to do a little podcast on that. Yeah. With any crime, like I look at it as like risk and reward, right? Like if your reward is materially higher than the risk you're about to incur, like, yeah, you're going to do that every single time. But for some of these infractions, like the consequence of getting caught is so severe Mm. that you would never do it. And just to to use a super extreme example, it's like robbing a bank, Mm -hmm. right? Like if you were to rob a bank, like how much, how much would you get it from like your teller? Like maybe like 1200 bucks, 1500 bucks, like not much, but you go to prison like forever. Forever. Yeah. (laughs) Very sad. Yeah. Yeah. Well, sad face, (laughs) but this one, so he's living in Venezuela, which I speculate probably has his challenges. Their, their economy isn't the best. He's, Developing this ransomware, making an okay salary, which actually a really good salary. And if the consequence is that you're only going to go to jail for a short period of time, then what are you going to do? Go back to Venezuela? If you get caught. If you get caught. Yeah. Especially because it's so rare that they're caught, right? This, at least in the story that, uh, again, comes out of medical economics, they 
used two confidential human informants to get them. And he also had an uninvolved Florida relative who was able to hook him up and get him some phone calls to figure this out. I mean, that's, that doesn't happen a lot, right? When you figure the typical cell structure of most of the, the malware communities, they're not out there associating all that much. Yeah. And I think this person, maybe because they were a doctor, didn't understand the way that the community typically works, opened his mouth too much and got caught. Yeah. I mean, I think he was just trying to promote his business. Yeah. Really? I mean, he had great customer service and maybe that was his downfall. He was so good and so popular that entire nation states using his software and he was proud of it. He was trying to market it, trying to sell it more. And the feds were like, oh yeah, about that. Yeah. That's frowned upon. <laughs> but here, wrist out, slap. Exactly. Tiny, tiny slap. Oh, wait a minute. In this article, it's saying he could get five years for the intrusion onto the computer and five years for conspiracy to commit. Now, 10 years, that's, that feels like a sentence. Yeah. So he's 55 right now. So he's still got a lot of runway left. But He'll have to get back on Coursera, take some more courses when he gets out because the languages will have changed. Yeah. Well, it's going to change in 10 years. Yes. But in prison, you can take those courses online while you're in. Probably not in Venezuela prison. Oh, no, it'll be United States prison, though. Yeah, yeah. probably probably be extradited. Unless he, if he's in a Venezuela prison, he might not make it out. There's another interesting twist on the package he wrote. He put a doomsday counter in it. It's interesting. So if you tried to stop it too many times, it wiped out your disk. I think one of the takeaways from this, I mean, it's like this entire cottage economy stealing from one another, or stealing from us. And it's growing probably sort of virally, right? I will put money... I could go onto any number of sites and find one of these things to run myself. Or I could follow the same path, take a couple classes. And so if you're in an economy that's damaged, or maybe it's like now, right, where there are some folks on the beach, learn how to do this, and this becomes its own cottage industry. It's like bootlegging, back during Prohibition. Yeah, I think you can look back over the history of time and find patterns and trends where an industry was behind it, it was exploited. Like there was a point in time, like come back to the bank robbery thing, like bank robberies were super common, right? Like you could, you could travel across the country, just robbing banks. And because the police didn't have the infrastructure to like detect you or go across state lines or have any type of information sharing, like, yeah, you could run a train across the whole country, just robbing banks. Right. But eventually like it catches up. And I think the history of like cops and robbers and good guys and bad guys are, you know, like whatever pairing you want to put together, like has existed forever. And I think what we're seeing is now like this in a digital sense, like that's where we're at. Our job within cyber is never, ever going to go away. Cause I think the old venue of like shoot them up in the street type yeah. of thing has now just moved into like a digital sense. You're right. And it is on us. It is on the industry because you will never get consensus across international borders for a single way to prosecute these investigations, yeah, right? right? And cyber doesn't care where you are. Imagine us like you know, trying to find our way across all the countries to Venezuela to pull this guy up or, or out of uh, Eastern Europe uh, right now, perhaps in some of the nations in Asia. Yeah. You have no chance. None. Wow. This is interesting. That's an interesting one. Yeah, it's a cottage industry, man. Wow. I like this one, man. That was fun. Yeah, it's a good one. All right, let's wrap it up. If you need heart surgery and you're looking for someone with a clear grasp of ransomware, <laughs> you can contact. He'll, he'll be getting out in 10 years or so. Yeah, yeah, he'll be available in 10 <laughs> years. Uh, his name is Moises Luis Zagala Gonzalez, also known as Nosoforos. Yes. All right. So if you need cybersecurity help, pwned at newharborsecurity.com. If you want to uh, need yard work or help removing hedgehogs, 
you can reach Jack myself. If you have a question about DIY cardio surgery, please send us it in. <laughs> He's right. coming to our space. We're going in. <laughs> right. we'll get you on the next one. <laughs>